he's right here, so. Oh, he topped Whoa. it. He cold topped it. Okay. Ready to go. Yeah. Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he on the sink. Welcome to the Bogey Boys podcast. You're joined here by Kevin and Mark. As always, we've got a guest, Mr. Callum Blinkhorn. What's going on, brother? Good, how are you? Very well. Very well, mate. Thanks for coming on. How's things? Good, yeah. It's been going well. It's a bit, bit weird being on these things, but it's been nice to get going. So, <laughs> Well, if you're going to be going forward in the future, this is the start yeah, of many things. This is the starting point, yeah. That's it. Have you done a podcast before? Never, no. First we'll, one. We'll be kind to you, mate. Don't worry. That's good. At least, at least when you're on the PJ tour, we can be like the first ever interview you've done was with the Bogey Boys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, I mean? <laughs> how's it? How's the uh, the transition being as a pro, mate? The first your first year as a pro this year. Yeah, good. Yeah, I came back in June, so I was in America till June. So it's a bit it's difficult coming back because it's obviously I was living there for four years and then coming back and living at home with my mum and dad again and with my brother. Obviously, it's been a bit. Hard uh, to get back to being with him all the time instead of just picking <laughs> him up every week. <laughs> How is your Sean? Good, yeah, he's a head pro now, so he's doing doing very well actually. Even though he won't like me saying that because I don't normally big him up, but he is doing very well. So not like <laughs> bit of healthy competition, never hurt no one. Yeah. So you were but, in college all the way through like COVID and that then? Yeah, well, my my girlfriend lives in Indianapolis, so I stayed all. I had my flight cancelled, so I stayed there all last year from. I think I went January to the end of December, so it was a long year. And I think it was March to the 12th of December. I stayed at her house, so it was it was definitely difficult. Practice. Her dad actually helped me a lot. He put a, he built a net in the gar in the garage, so I was smashing balls off his garage floor and making it sound like a machine gun was going off. So he loved that. <laughs> That's That's that like, yeah, yeah, it was good, but it was very. I was very appreciative because. You've got to find ways of doing what you can, and obviously, America, you've got so much more room to do stuff. So, yeah, how you can. So, yeah, we will definitely come on to that whole journey in America because it'd be interesting to to know the whole story. You've done the full four years, didn't you? And and graduated. So, it's interested to to hear how that went. But obviously, the the idea of these podcasts that we do, we get professionals on to talk about their route and their journey. So, just going back to when it all really started, a few Callum, how old was you when you got into the game, mate? Uh, Well, I practiced a little bit when I was younger, but. We both, me and my brother started, I was eight and he was 13, he was five years older than me, so we just, my brother actually found my dad's clubs in in the garage, so that's how it started, just Sean messing about as usual and then something happened and we picked it up and picked it up quickly, so it was good to get into something. Where was it that you started? We started at Lee Golf Club, so it's just, it's just a small club, past 69, but it's definitely helped me and Sean develop as golfers, because it's a tight course, and well, I think the course record's only 63, which to someone that's only 5,900 yards as a course, you'd think it'd be a lot lower, but... Yeah, you're not... The, well, you're, you're, the, you're working on breaking that, or...? Yeah, trying to, slowly, slowly. <laughs> it's good that you had your dad as well. Obviously, your dad must be a golfer if he's got golf yeah, clubs, dad, surely. Well, he won't admit that either, but I think he's, when he, he got down to plus one when he was... In his early 20s, so he was good as well. So that's all the only coaching we've had, really. I mean, Sean, to be honest, just little tips here and there. And I think that's helped us because I think sometimes if you can get into a bit of a a different routine with a coach and you can get stuck in ways where with my dad, we were just playing and playing and playing. And I think that playing helped us instead of being like turning into a bit of a robot. So 
Yeah, freeze you up to just like people. people yeah, sorry, we have people on the pod always talking about like they wish they could go back to being a kid again. So it's sort of like you've never lost that. Exactly. Yeah, the put. Well, you hear it all on PJ Tour about putting. Just want to be back, freeing it up and putting as a kid, and that. It's the perfect example of it. Just getting there seven o'clock every every summer day and stay there till nine o'clock at night. That was what we did. So. Yeah, well, obviously, I know you from when you when you come over to SNA. What age was it that you joined South Port and Ainsley? I, think That's we were, I, I think was about 12 or 13 I joined, so. Yeah. A few years, I think I was off about five or something when I joined, so I developed pretty quickly, so. Yeah. It was pretty good, to be honest. It was a good experience because it's completely different golf course to work. A lot longer, a lot more rough, the heavier you will. You have to learn to hit out of Heather because that's a completely different thing in itself. Yeah. yeah. Mark knows all about that, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Never out of it still to this day. <laughs> so then, obviously, your, your game's progressing there. You're playing off five, you're up at SNA. And then, yeah. what was it just when did you start getting to a point where you're thinking, Do you know what, I want to try and make a career out of this? Yeah, well, when it was about 12 or 13, they got into the England regional. We're out with Pete Barber up at Disbrain. It was about, I think there was 10 or 12 was just below, like below the England squad where we met every Saturday, we trained through and we just kept working through stuff. We had rules, tests and that developed me a lot actually because Pete, Pete Barber's one of the people that, he wasn't hands-on, but just how he talked to me and how he, how he helped us develop was definitely went a long way in the, in the long yeah. run. Yeah. How did you find the whole England experience? Did you, did you play for England right the way up to, to the point that you went to America? Yeah. Well, we played, well, I did England Regional and then we did the ACER group, which is like, a, it's sort of like a, it's not a degree, but it's another quality, it's like a qualification, like a BTEC really. We did that up until we were 18 and Sean did that as well. So that helped because it was giving more of us a structured practice and telling us like, like the international short game challenge and stuff like that, that we still use some of the drills to this day. So that definitely helped us. Yeah, That's it. what what was it like growing up and playing with your brother? Then obviously both decent golfers. You were just pushing each other on, was it? Obviously, it's a lot of work. very very competitive. That's something that I would I cannot uh, take away from Sean and my dad is that when we played, it was always competitive. No matter if we were if I was five behind him, I was ten behind him, and the the only, the only day that I was worried about well, not worried about what the day that I beat them, them both was the day that I'd lived for early on, and that's when I got there. It was. That's got me to where I am now. The motivation of just keep going and going and going until you beat him. That's, that's all it was. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Obviously, you said your dad's off plus one and your brother's bet, like had a good standard. It helps spare you on. And you've got five years then as well as yeah, catch up, haven't you? It's good when we both started because you sort of... Sean picked it up very quickly, actually, because he I think he started... He was off 28 when he was 13 and he got to plus four by the time he was 20. So it's... Seven years to get to that is you got to give it to the last year. He works. He works very hard. So that's serious, though. Brilliant stuff. And then just talk us through some of your amateur competitions that you were playing then when you were growing up. Obviously, in the English team, would do any big tournaments. Yeah, played the the uh, I think it's the McGregor England under 16s. I played a lot of the Scottish events because we used to go on holiday quite a bit up in Scotland. So we played in like uh, Scottish boys, Scottish stroke play, Scottish youths. Um. Playing the British boys at Muirfield, that was an unreal experience, playing Muirfield off the back tees. And the weather suited it as well because it was howling and raining and perfect for just what you expect when you go to Scotland, really. <laughs> uh, played a lot of just local stuff as well, like even Order of Merits when I was a kid. I think that helped because 
well, when I was a junior, I'd probably say like John Carroll and Mark Young and all them were about when we were younger. So yeah. pushing to reach them was that was the goal. If you could get near Youngy when he was playing well and tough to, tough ask. So yeah, that, I remember yeah. just playing in all the Northern Nords and Merit stuff, and you just every, yeah. and the winner is Mark Young, and the next week yeah. it'll be John Carroll. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, just keep changing. But if you get closer, I mean, you've played well, so. Yeah, definitely. And what what about your your wins then? As you were, as you were getting up, growing up, did you win any of the big events? Yeah, well, well, my I won probably about I think it was twenty nineteen, so fairly recently. But I won the St David's Gold Cross. That's at Royal St David's. That was an unreal golf course. That's also past sixty nine. But like hitting three, well, how old was it then? That was two years ago. So I was nineteen, twenty, and I was hitting three irons to par threes. I mean, I, I'm not short, but hitting a three iron into a par three is a serious golf course. Like first S and M, and when I was a kid, I used to have to hit driving. I mean, it's it's hard work when you when you, <laughs> I know you serious golf when you're in woods into par threes consistently. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But it was it's got to play a lot of other like Lancashire boys. Uh, from under 14s to 18s, Lancashire men. It was good development, really. Steady progression, which is good always as well, because Sean did the same. He, he progressed slowly and steadily, which I think is good, because you can. If I would rather progress steadily than be jumping up, down, up, down, and you're not having much consistency, which I think has helped us in the long run as well. Yeah. Well, that's it. it. You notice once you take a little step up, like I've only noticed from playing like the club comps to going to playing outside comps this this year, the level is it's just a completely different. And then you play it. There's a, there's just levels to it all, isn't there? Yeah, just just got a step. The step ups are big. Like I remember going to America. I didn't really. It's hard because like when you when I turn pro, you don't you don't know the stand where the standards at, or you're used to a standard, and then when you get to another standard, it's like takes you a couple of rounds to get used to it, but it all comes back to just staying to your process and sticking, getting getting yourself better and you'll you'll find where you need to be eventually. Yeah, Definitely. we'll touch on America there then. So what where was the decision around going to America? What made you think, you know, that's where I want to be? Well, there's another thing I owe to Sean as well, because he was supposed to go. He's got a few offers off some really good schools, but he, he ended up not going just through personal decisions and, I don't just came down to it. They didn't want to go. And, but that was an experience that he, he pushed me to go there as well. Cause it's, it's something that I couldn't, I couldn't leave away cause you can't, you can't regret decisions. So I just ended up giving it a go and went over. And I, I, I tried to pick a small school earlier on because going to America, you think it's your first time I've ever been to America. I never visited the school. So it was going to, you know, everyone, our, our view of America is very different to, other countries so that was a big step in its own going there on my own so that definitely what, what, what was your what was you playing off handicap wise when you went uh, it was 18 I was off things off plus two so plus one plus two decent level so what what university or school did you actually go to in the end uh, it's called it was Lindsay Wilson so it's like a uh, NAI a small I think it was a few thousand students in the uh, so it's like mid south Kentucky, so that was a, another life experience in itself going out there because that the other completely different lifestyle in Kentucky, so that was fun as well. Yeah, and and how did it go over there? Just the it was good, yeah. The experience, yeah. The, the life experience was probably the most. I mean, like I don't necessarily miss the golf now, but some of the golf courses we played were immense. But just the people there, like my uh, my roommates, one was Scottish, one was South African, one. 
actually lives in Congleton, like an hour away. Like it's amazing how small you you travel fifteen hours and you still with can't get away from the Manx. So <laughs> but it was good. It was good. So yeah. very good experience. And talk us through a bit about like the the, the, the tournaments you played in and, and things like that, and obviously how you progressed because yeah. I believe you done quite well over there, didn't you? Yeah, I played in it. Well, the first year it was sort of stepping stone because I didn't really know what to expect, but we did all right as a team. We had a Danish lad that was pretty decent uh, number on Wagger, so we moved up and didn't win any events in the first year, but it was like got out a few top fives and. Ended up the second year, I think I won six events out of the ten events in the schedule. So that was a big confidence booster and confirmed what I've been being told by people over here, especially because it proves that I could do it consistently everywhere. So that was more for me than anything, just uh, a confirmation that I'm where I need to be. So I think I, I ended up winning nine events, nine college events. So that was big as well, a lot of. Getting sort of getting there and playing and actually winning consistently has pushed me a lot as well and motivated me to keep going as well. And did you stay in the same college for the whole university? Yeah, I did. I tried. I tried to move, but due to reasons that were out of my control, weren't able to. But I did look at other places. But it was, it was a very good experience. And I, the courses that we got to play were like we played TPC South when TPC Day Run. Played a lot of really good courses that I would I would never change. So. Good. That. Is there any other um, heavy hitters in your college you were like sort of looking on PJ Tour or Corn Ferry sort of now? That are uh, there's, a guy, there's a guy at our rival school actually who's he's just uh, done first stage qualifying to get because obviously in America to get to Corn Ferry I think you have to go through six or seven rounds of qualifying so he's just got through pre-qualifying for the Corn Ferry so had a pretty decent battle with him because he, he was a year older but he did five years so I ended up doing all my years when he was there, so that was good to stay competitive as well. So, yeah, definitely. And then, so you, just for our listeners, there, I understand that the the All American setup there—that's at the end of the year. Just talk us through how that whole setup works for people listening, because I believe you 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 made that team quite consecutively, didn't you? Yeah, like uh, so. It's the top. I think I don't know how many students, like scholar athletes, there are, but the top fifteen in the, it's like an order of merit, basically how they work out against. You, how you play against schools and I think the top 15 is uh, the first team second team is 15 to 13 30, and 30 to 45 so I got a three year three out of the four years I had a All-American apart from the last year but that's half of the I missed one semester through injury so I wasn't able to get up as high as I would have liked to but for the first three years I did what I would have needed to so that was good as well. Was you you done the whole semester in America injured? You couldn't. Yeah, play. I did. Well, the we we ended in t- March 2020 for the, obviously COVID. So that we were actually at a tournament in Alabama that got cut the the day after we finished. That was we were locked down then till well December, but from probably mid summer to January, I was injured. I actually popped to well popped my rib, and my rib popped out, and uh, I had a pulled tendon all up my arm I actually ended up going to my wrist so I had to have a lot of scans and I actually ended up just going to the chiropractor down the road where my dad went and he put my rib back in and a few months later I was back again so I was popped out randomly like or did it did you yeah, like it or what? yeah I don't know whether it through hitting balls or I don't I just overuse it I picked my niece up one day and just felt like I'd been you'd been shot in the back which three freak accidents happen but it's wow. a bit of a 
it was hard to take, but it was good experience learning and what it actually taught me a lot because I was watching the other people play and how they play and sort of looking at goal from a different perspective was good as well. So was it? Yeah. Look, so essentially, you could have had four years in a row. Has that ever been done before that? I, I'm a, I assume it as in the not at our school, but the the other the Danish guy. He like, he actually went to Toledo, which is a D1, but I think he got the first two years as well. So it was good. It was just it, I, I, that was my aim to get to four and hopefully get to ten victories. I didn't quite do them, but I don't I don't regret anything. If I got the opportunity, I think I would have done it quite easily. But it's just that that's how it happens eventually. So just got to take on the chin. And what are the obviously now fitness and working out in the gyms quite heavily impacted on golfers now, isn't it? You see what Bryson's doing and obviously yeah, Kepka yeah. and things. Was was that um was there a lot of work for that over in America, was there? Yeah, we did a lot of uh, nutritional stuff. I did quite a bit on my own to be honest. Lost well, me and my roommate, my South African roommate, we both lost quite a lot of weight to be honest. For either. probably lost about I was fifteen stone when I went and I came back twelve and a half stone. So. Yeah. Lost quite a considerable amount just through. And I think the, the way we live, like we lived in an apartment, but you, I could, I had control, which was, I think that was the main thing. If I could control what I was eating, I can control what I was doing, and just the discipline and the motivation is standing in really good stead for what I'm doing now. So, yeah. And then obviously, when, when you've come to the end of your four years there and you've graduated, what was the decision behind coming back home and not staying out and trying the qualifying for the Corn Ferry? Yeah, it was a tough couple of months deciding what to do, but in the end, I just thought to come back and have a few months with my brother and a few months with my dad and sort yeah. of get back into the game. And it's, it was difficult in America because the coach it was more man management, so he wasn't really as much of a like a golf instructor as you, you would think, really. Which I, I think a lot of people, when they look at going to America, they don't look at it as golf instruction. They look at it as like your coach is there all the time. He's sort of, you have to be here at this time. Yeah, he's more of a motivator, really. He's not a, I wouldn't say he was in a golf instructor. So I thought just coming back, getting in the gym, getting, getting my head down, my dad and my brother a few months would stand me in good stead. Because I am, I, my plan is to go back there eventually and go through, get try and get on the PJ Tour and go through that route. But I think just a few months at home after being away for so long was much needed, really. Sit though, and home is where the heart is, as they say. Yeah, yeah, I've got a, Got, it's been really good actually because my my niece is two and a half. So as any time we're not playing golf, she's always always a centre of attention, running about. So that's good as well. Nice. Yeah, it's a good time to switch off. Definitely, yeah, you exactly, need that. Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, just talk us through the transition then from amateur to professional. How you found it? What the decisions were? Did you get any advice off anybody? Uh, I played with um, the first one. I played with was at Clevedon in just a Monday qualifying to the Euro Pro and I played, uh, I think I shot level par, which got me into the event and I think I shot level par one over in the tournament. But I, play, I actually played with Nick Marsh in that event and just to watch how he played and what he did, obviously being on there for a while and he's obviously played at a very, very high level. Just how he conducted himself and how he played was a testament to himself and also helped me see what I needed to do and how I needed to improve and then, after that, I think I played this. I played six qualifiers and qualified in five, and made three cuts. So it's not a not too bad start, really. Considering I didn't have, I've not had any starts, so I've had to do it all myself. So that's been good as well. You know, when they Monday qualifiers, you pay it. It's like fifty quid, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's 
50 or 75, depending on whether you're a member or not. But. And then what, and then you get in for that amount or you'd have to pay the entry fee as so well? you have to pay the entry fee, but then they take what you've paid off. So ah, it's, right. you do get the money back if you qualify. So there is there is an incentive, but that's without, because without that, I would not have had any chance of playing in any of the Euro Pros this year because obviously coming back in June, I wouldn't have had any chance to play. So. I say good timing, really, because that's the first year you've done it, isn't it, on the Euro? Yeah, that is, that's it's a good, uh, good way to start the year, really. My dad got onto that early, so we found out and got into them and steadily progressed, really. And I learned quite a lot, even not playing many, only five, six events, but through the knowledge I've learned through them events is well invaluable. So, well, I was going to say, yeah, what are what are the main takeaways from from your first couple of months as a pro? Then, because have you well, have you been a professional now for three or four months? Is it? Yeah, three or four months. Well, golf's largely a putting comp. I would say is the first thing that I would. Everything you see is the amount of people you see working on the range, but all comes down to can you hold a six foot to make the cut? Can you hold a six foot to get to six, seven under par to get pushing in contention? So that's the one thing I've learned playing with some of the. I've made a few of the last cuts, obviously, you play with the better players because you're through to the last 50. So just watching them, not necessarily in great shots. And that's what you, I think, a thing you can learn from watching golfers. Not many pros hit it stiff every time. So they're hitting it to a distance where you can hit the green and you know you're going to make birdies, which has got to be a comfortable feeling. Yeah. 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 I played today with the like, you know, Paul Kinnear. He's on the Euro Pro and he plays like 20, yeah, 20 yeah. and that. And honestly, it got to the point where like five in a row, like it, it was, he was 30 foot away and I was just telling him to pick it up. Yeah. And I was, I was like, you might as well not even bother. Yeah. <laughs> and he rolled it in. I was like, what the fuck? You can tell the good pros, yeah, you just got to just watch them and it's amazing. Like, it doesn't, they can hit bad shots and the resilience to just go, oh, it doesn't matter because I'm on the green. They're comfortable and that's from 30 feet. To, the thing that made me laugh is last week I played it, uh, where did we play? Leaving Links and the guy played, I think he, he old like three thirty footers in the first five or six holes and then he, he lipped out from 40 feet on the seventh and I'm like, he's annoyed at himself because he's missed him like <laughs> That's 40 feet away. The, like the level of expectation from there has got to be zero or close to it. You just get, yeah, but that's the mindset that they have and that's why the scores are as they are, 24 under. Well, talking about talking about the scores as well, our first ever 59 was that last, last week, wasn't it, or the week before? Yeah, he played, uh, that was at Leaving Links. He played the guy in front of me, actually, that was... Was he? he was it was a par seventy one, so he was twelve. He was he got to eleven under with three holes left. The guy in front of me, and he lipped out on the last of fifty nine, and it ended up. I think he won two grand because of the Puma gave. I think it was sixty grand for shooting sixty, and then the tour gave fifty nine for shooting fifty nine. So the lad that won ended up with one hundred and thirty grand. Yeah. And the lad flipped out on the in front of us, got two grand for shooting one worse. I mean, one worse for 120 grand is a joke, isn't it, really? Oh, oh my word. Like, are there scores out there, like, when you're playing the course? Can you see, like, oh, yeah. I mean, they are out there, but, I mean, it's, again, about the putting, like, the guy who was playing, the few guys I played with, I was hitting inside, but, like, they're walking in 25 footers and you're like, where, the greens were decent, like, they were to a decent standard, but not... Obviously, on the PGA Tour or on the European Tour, they're set to a certain standard each week. So if you practice at a certain pace, it's like going from carpet to carpet. It's the same thing. But obviously, I think which makes the scores even more unbelievable is that they're going from 
different grasses. Some grasses are longer, some are shorter. There's just the scores are crazy. I mean, they are out there if you put them well and you hit it close because you can hit if you hit a lot of drivers and you and you hit a lot, roll a lot of good putts, you can do it. But just the the, the level of scoring this week at Castletown is unbelievable, really. Yeah, twenty four. But you just don't know where. Like I don't know if you put them say on the Challenge Tour. Yeah, like you never see a cut of seven under the Challenge Tour, which I think the last four cuts have been six under on the on the Euro Pro. So whether it's the, I, I think it's some things it's got to do with the course. Like the week before we played, they had five par fives. I mean, yeah. even if three or four eagles, uh, there's eight under without even playing the over fifteen. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we had a uh, Chris Hansen on, um, and he, he he nailed it really. He just said like on the challenge tour, he, he struggled because he weren't really a birdie making machine, but he was yeah. more suited to the European tour because he could shoot three or four under no problem, and he'd make cuts every week. Yeah, that's what we. Well, that's what I was talking to my mate about actually from college. He was saying like you go from uh, you play what's called Wentworth exactly so over seven thousand yards. You shoot yeah. 68, 67, You shoot up the board. You're shooting five under on the Oracle and you don't even you lose spots sometimes because you're five under, which is a joke really if you if we're looking at it from a, a critical standpoint. But you, you never the, all the courses are never over seven thousand yards, which to a lot of the lads are just gonna smash driver. So they've got wedges in their hands, which on like if you play in a in the European tour, obviously I've not been to that level yet, but watching and watching like the open uh Livam and that, like they're in five, six signs in, but to shoot four or five hundred and five irons in is a completely different level to what ours is like. Uh, see how many birds you can make, but shooting a bogey free round is not as I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's hard and much much harder to do on the European tour, which as you say, Chris Hansen said. So, well, definitely, it would be interesting. Like I, they're coming to form me all next week, and that's a bit quite long off the backs. It's like it's over seven thousand. So it'll be interesting to see like the score in there to see if the if they just if they just come and burn it up to be honest. Yeah, that's Q school I'm playing. You playing, yeah? I have two weeks, so see what it's like. But I looked at the scores from last year, but obviously dependent on weather. So, but they, they, they have, I remember I think Tommy won it. Fleetwood won an event now eight, eight, ages ago. Yeah, two thousand eleven, I think. But I think he, I think that might have been only like low 12, 13, 14 under, but still that. If you're shooting 67 consistently, you would expect to be doing pretty decent, but I think you were not even getting in the top 10 with that recently. So it's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy yeah. the numbers at the moment, yeah. But if you yeah. if you fancy it, um, a pre knock, welcome to come down. We'll have a little game of form we all before the, yeah, yeah. the Euro Pro Kev's a member there. So, oh, really? That's something yeah, that'd be good. So, let us know, yeah. Let us know. So, what's the um, what's the plans moving forward? And obviously, you've just Mentioned there, you're going to try Q school for uh, the yeah, get into Q school and hopefully get through. Get through to I think the final stage is at Stoke by Nayland, so this down in Essex, Colchester way. So get through that and hopefully play a full season next year. I'm trying to go to the Portugal Pro Tour over the winter and just to keep playing regular golf because we've got a few a few guys at the club and a few different people who've got apartments over there trying to help me out. So that's another benefit of knowing knowing people, which is. The main thing in golf recently is knowing the right people. So. Yeah, the main thing. Yeah, in life. yeah definitely. Not what you know it too, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, going forward from there, then you're just not looking any further than that. Then you're just going to try and get your season sorted for next season. Yeah, try, try and get the winter grinding. Yeah, just try try and keep it keep it in front of you. Not try and get too far ahead of yourself. Obviously, the main goal is to 
as any any golfer, I would say is that once a race to win majors and to get to world number one, that was my that's my aspiring goal. Mm-hmm. And it has been from day one, but you small steps at the minute, as the same from junior golf, small steps, get you'll get to where you need to be. You just gotta be patient. So hundred percent. Yeah, how old are you now, Callum? Twenty-two. Twenty-two, yeah. Loads so, of time, Eddie. Got, yeah, got quite a lot of time still. So. Yeah, just briefly touching on your team. Then have you got like a team around? You like to work with a psychologist to do anything like that, or just? I've got a, you got a management team. It's called Ignis Management. They've just started up probably roughly around a year ago with uh, Peter Jones. His name is. Uh, he's got a uh, James Newton. He plays on the Euro Pro Tour. He's in that group as well, and he's signing a few other players, and then. I've got a guy who helps with psychology called Dave Moffat. I do a bit of work, but not too much, but just the odd, odd bits here and there when I see him. So that's helpful just to have. I don't like having too much of a team, really. Not not in the sense that I don't like having it. Just sometimes I think too much coaching is it can ruin you, really. If you've got to try and work it out yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you're, if you're on the course on the 14th and you, you need to get it in, you need to know how to do it yourself, really. So I think self-instruction is a big thing as well, really. Yeah, definitely. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make a drink, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have. You've got to know, know how to change it. And that goes like back to watching Nicholas and Palmer. They always said that you've got to, you've got to know what to do when you when you need to do it and how to do it. It's especially yeah. it's good having coaches, but they've got to show you what you need to do, and you've got to physically take it into your brain and know how to change it. So. Yeah, definitely. Like the golf's an individual sport, regardless exactly, of the yeah. answer, you've got to go out and hit the shots, haven't you? You're out there on your own, it's, aren't you, really? Exactly. You could have four or five coaches telling you the same thing, but explaining it in a different way, which is depends how you're taking it on yourself. So you've yeah. got to find a way that works for you. Like every shot, like really, should be feedback for yourself. If your coaches give you right instruction, like if you can see a divot pointing one way or whatever, you should know that, right? That's what's happened there, and you know what sort of pattern you're getting into, so you can sort of correct it while you're out there. Exactly, yeah. Like that's what that's why it's good having like launch monitors, and because you can test your numbers. That's the best thing. You go back to you see Paul on the, on the social media every few weeks. He's doing it on the TrackMan because the level of equipment now, you know, within an hour, you know, within a day, whether your swing path changed by degree to degree, and the swing speed like Bryson's speed, speed uh, the speed he's swinging it at a couple of degrees is 40 yards out so it's it's amazing what a couple of a uh, couple of degrees can do yeah definitely. Yeah. definitely no well look mate we appreciate you coming on and, um, and speaking to us and sharing your journey with us and yeah. obviously you're off to a great start amazing experiences over America and, and um, we wish you the best of luck moving forward we'll be keeping an eye on you and welcome to come and have a game whenever you want yeah, you sure you're out to hack it round <laughs> we'll have Thanks. to get you um, as soon as you get your first win you have to get straight back on here every Absolutely, pond you jump yeah. to we'll keep coming back yeah you won't well, get rid of us now. where it all started you won't, you won't get rid of us now mate <laughs> thanks for asking me on anyway it's been a good good to talk about not really done that to be honest talk about the journey I've talked to about people around but to get it noted down is something that makes you realise where you've come really so yeah no it's something to look back on for you in the future as well like do you know what I mean absolutely yeah when, when, when you're doing interviews in, on the whatever whatever level you get to might be, it might be us back. interviewing you on the PJ yeah. tour you never know we well, might grow yeah. <laughs> we'll be on holiday in America hopefully that's it brother <laughs> lovely well thanks a lot mate appreciate you taking the time and again um, we'll keep in touch and good luck at form be all in a couple of weeks sounds good thank you take it easy mate man. cheers thank you
Oh, we talked Whoa. about he cold topped it. Okay. Try to get up. Yeah. Okay, oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync.